Hi. Hi, Lauren. How are you? Thank you. Nice to be able to talk to you and, and catch up on on life and how this sort of strange year is going. Yeah, for sure. It's been very weird and strange <laughs> this year. Um, yeah, it's been good. Just been training um, as usual. Lots of training. At the moment, I'm really addicted to Zwift. Do you know Zwift? Yeah. I'm so addicted. So I've been on the bike. I think the last couple of weeks, I've I've hand hand cycled close to 400 k's a week on the on Zwift. Wow. Like it's crazy. And um, yeah. So I've had a couple of long bike sessions today on there, and yeah, I'm so addicted. But um, at the moment, uh, training is. Like I'm doing a lot of training, but it's pretty casual. I can pick what like I feel like doing. Um, I've got my coach overseeing things, but at the moment it's pretty flexible. So, yeah, I'm making the most of using Swift before I actually get back into the real hard training with the coach. I love it because it shows me as an able-bodied rider, so I feel I feel like everyone else. And it's good when uh, I can keep up with the group and I'm a hand cyclist. So, yeah, it's, it's, it, it pushes me as well. It really pushes me. And I, I think it's really good for um, my improvement as well, like becoming stronger, riding with, I, I guess it's like riding with able-bodied people and um, like I enter into some rides that sometimes – might be a bit too hard for me, hard for me, but it really pushes me. So I think it's it's really good at this point in time. You play the guitar, is that right? Yeah, yeah. So when I'm not training, when I've got a bit of chill time, I, I play guitar, and that definitely like I love music, and it definitely takes me to another place and takes my mind off the off reality, I guess. And uh, yeah, it's something that you know I. I have a, a mini guitar as well that I actually take away to races with me. I took it to World Champs last year so that, you know, in my downtime I can, you know, focus on something else and, you know, go to that other place to to chill. So it's something that I, I love to do. But I also love to draw as well. Um, I've always been artistic and, I, you know, I like drawing what I'm feeling and it it's like a release I get to put it put it all on a page and it really means something to me so that's something that I do as well in my free time so is there a do you have a go-to like song or band that you know when when you want to just kind of escape and press play on something what what do you reach for yeah for sure I absolutely absolutely love Keith Urban (laughs) um so he's definitely uh, a go-to playlist. Um, but I, I, I like all kinds of music outside of Keith. <laughs> um, <laughs> Do you, you go to a lot of gigs as well? Of Keith Urban? <laughs> oh, well, yeah, in, in, in general. Um, I pretty much only go to Keith Urban. <laughs> <laughs> Who is this guy? Um, I don't know. Well, you don't know him. No. no. Oh my gosh! I, I need to educate to... myself here. Uh, well, give me a quick rundown. Well, he's married to Nicole, Nicole Kidman. Right. You obviously know her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he's just uh, he's the, he's the most talented guitarist, and I just I, I love his music. I've met him three times, and 
I've been to concerts all around the world. Uh, actually, in, in 2013, I booked a concert in the in America, and I hadn't even, I hadn't even planned to go to America. So I decided to um, plan a trip around my concert bookings. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a passion for mental health, um, and you know, have you heard of Are You Okay? No. Uh, so it's big in Australia. It's uh, I think it's a foundation, but it's about it's really focused on mental health and making sure that you you're asking people are they okay and and really meaning it and having uh, giving people someone to really talk to. So I've got uh, yeah huge passion for that side of things and mental health and helping people. Uh, through their own uh, struggles. Yeah. I had, growing up, I um, had a, a few struggles myself, you know, mental with mental health and like eat, like I had eating disorder and uh, other issues that I would harm, harm myself and stuff. So I'd, I've overcome a lot of things and to be able to give back and, and help people going through, uh, you know, their struggles really, uh, yeah, I've got a passion for. So, um, yeah, I grew up in Newcastle, which is two hours north of Sydney, but in a little town called Caves Beach. Um, and, yeah, I was uh, involved in a lot of sports, including swimming and surf lifesaving. So with I, I lived close to the beach, so I was always outdoors and I was normally up, up at 3.30 because I lived about half an hour away from my my training squad so I'd have to be up early to get ready and get to the pool and you'd have to get there by 4 30 to do dry land exercises and some stretching and then be in the pool by five it it, it wasn't a good idea if you were late because <laughs> the coach would um would not be happy <laughs> and your personal olympic goal or olympic dream then was the swimming dream was it at that at that stage triathlon came a little bit later yeah, so um, at the age of 14, I competed at the Olympic trials and I didn't make it at the, at, the, at the age of 14, but it was definitely a big dream and a big goal for me to make the Olympic Games as a swimmer. And my my event was 200 metres backstroke. The triathlon didn't come until after I finished school and I was about 18, 19 when I started triathlon just because I went in – I first competed in my tri- in, a, in my first triathlon at one of at, with a school as part of a team I was a swimmer in a team triathlon and at that event I just got the the vibe and the love of triathlon there and I really wanted to get involved so after I finished school and um, I decided to stop swimming and, and get into triathlon so I start. I found a bike in the local paper, and yeah, got straight into it. Obviously, like Brad Fernley has been a massive influence for you. We basically met um, at the first squad, squad that I started in in triathlon um, back when that that coach spotted me in in the in my first triathlon. So he he was part of that squad um, with his son Bryce, and that's where I met him. And as Pretty much um, after training with him a bit, he he was helping me along the way um, in my career, and we just got 
become really close friends and he's like a dad to me and very special person in the whole um in whatever I was doing ITU then studying in Ironman and he just helped me along the way um so much and even for my international travels um he helped me and he really believed in me he was uh, one person that uh, really cared and believed that I could make it in triathlon and, and in Ironman racing. Um, he really saw that I, you know, I had the passion, the dedication and the self-belief that I can and, and the talent that I could make it. So he was putting a lot of time into helping me. And without him, I definitely wouldn't be here and I definitely wouldn't be the athlete I am, I am today. And I definitely wouldn't be the athlete I was as an able-bodied person um and then yeah the accident he was right by my side when I had the accident um so he's been involved in my accident as much as I have really um it, it you know broke his heart seeing his best friend laying on the ground um with a broken back you know um and every single day since my accident He's been by my side and hasn't left me. Um, so he's the best person and I couldn't be um, more grateful to have him in my life, basically. Definitely a, a best friend. And, you know, I've had a lot of friends that have left since my accident um, and he's one that has just stayed constantly by my side through the hard times, through the good times. And, yeah, I'm very grateful very special person. So, you know, given that you are so close, the recovery in, in some ways you've gone through together as well, have you? Oh, definitely. Like we've gone through everything together. Um, and when I had my accident, he was the one that, you know, well, when I had my accident was in ICU uh, in hospital, I basically, I wasn't eating and because I was so sick and I got down to 40 kilos and he was the one that was at the end of my hospital bed um, and he was the one that got me to, to eat and that pretty much, that saved my life and um, since then, you know, he's been with me, helping me through the struggles, the everyday struggles that I have and, and living life in a wheelchair. Like I grew up as as an elite swimmer but when I got in the in the pool for the first time after my accident in the rehab pool that was what probably the most devastating day um that I've had since my accident basically you know I thought I was going to get in the pool and be able to swim after swim after you know growing up as an elite swimmer but that wasn't the case and I couldn't put two strokes together because I was sinking my legs were just sinking to the floor um and without him there he basically came to the end of the pool and gave me two options. One option was I can get out of the pool right then and there because I wasn't able to swim and go back to the hospital room uh, or stay in the pool and continue trying to swim uh, the length of the rehab pool. And, you know, I chose that second option and that was the day when um, that really changed everything like... I chose to not give up and I ended up swimming three laps of that rehab, 12 metre rehab pool. It was it took me a long time, but I, I did it. And I, that, that was when I really showed 
myself that, you know, with that self-belief, anything is possible. So without him there help pushing, pushing me in a good way and, and helping me through the tough times, then I wouldn't be the, the athlete that I am today and I wouldn't have started paratriathlon. Yeah, I mean, I don't have a, a dad in my life, so he, um, you know, was that father figure to me ever since I started triathlon and and I've got um, my mum who um, who I'm close to as well and she's been there, um, since, you know, before my accident and since my accident as well, helping me along the way. Um, so, yeah, two great people that have that have stayed by my side. I wouldn't have started paratriathlon without him by my side because I need him every day for training. Uh, I needed him. Uh, for, I need him for my hand cycle sessions, uh, for, for swimming sessions. Um, so he's definitely, um, you know, key a key person to my success. And you know, having him push me along the way is is definitely. Um, you know, tough love, but, you know, I, I know what it takes to um, be an athlete and have to have that dedication. So to get back into para, when I found out that there was paratriathlon because I didn't even know that I was able to get back into my sport, I was so excited and, you know, he helped me get back into the sport that I loved. He's always told me in the whole time every, you know, in all the years that I've known him, to have that self-belief and it's so important to believe in yourself because if you don't believe in yourself, then, you know, you won't reach those goals that you set. You know, it's really important. You know, it's so easy to say that you believe in yourself but if you you have to actually believe with all your heart that you can um, reach your goals and, and to be able to make it um, and you've also got to have that passion and drive. So being an athlete before my accident, was, you know, basically saved my life. Um, if I didn't have sport in my life when I had my accident, I probably I wouldn't be here today. And, and has coming to terms with being in a wheelchair, has that, do you feel that it's got slightly easier to, to deal with over the years or do you still reach that, become, keep coming back to that if only feeling I'm always thinking if only because having the accident wasn't even my fault. It was the fault of the roads. You know, if I was one millimetre either side of those screws, I'd be, I'd have my normal life back. And, you know, there's not a day that goes by that I wish that I had my legs back and my old life back because I just loved it so much. Um, so I don't, I don't think I've really accepted being in a wheelchair every day is, is so hard, but I try and look at the positives every day and, um, you know, the positive of I am able to be active and be involved in my sport and I am able to inspire younger kids and people that are dealing with struggles in their own lives. So I, I try and look at those things and, um, yeah, that's where... You know, I get a bit of happiness, happiness when I think of the, those positives. I have to live with pain from my chest down to my feet 24-7. It's neuropathic pain, so I, I feel like I'm being stabbed with needles 
constantly um, and it is absolutely torture. And right now, as I'm talking to you, I'm in horrific pain. It, it doesn't go away. So that's probably the hardest thing to deal with um, about my accident and being in a wheelchair because not only do I have to deal with that, I've got to, I've got this pain and I've got to train through it as well. But training really takes my takes a bit of my mind off that and it, I get to focus on the other sort of pain that I put myself through in training. So when you're training or, or presumably more so racing, I mean, that's kind of escapism as well, right? Oh, definitely. Definitely. That's why... You know, I love training so much now and I love racing. It just, it just it takes my mind off reality, I guess. And don't get me wrong, I, I hate using my arms for training, for um, life. I, I'd so much to go back, love to go back to using my legs, but obviously I, I can't and I've got to do what I, um, and I've got to, I've got to use what I, what I have. And have you, do you go through, therapy like have you had as much for coming to terms with that that horrendous like if only situation that is kind of recurring as well as the pain but do you do you have do you have a therapist have you been through therapy is there any things advice that you have been given that has particularly helped that you know you would always think if someone else was going through this this is what they should know uh i haven't been through therapy uh i was told to but i didn't want it um but Basically, Brad has been that person for me. He's the person that I can talk to about anything and he helps me through everything. So he's the the person that um, I go to when in those tough times and in the good times. Uh, I do see a sports psychologist, though, for the sporting side of things, uh, just to get that edge for, you know, to be fully prepared for racing and 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 stuff like that but uh yeah I haven't actually been through actual therapy uh I sort of I've learned to deal with things myself uh and also one thing that a a good friend of mine you might uh, you might know Laura Siddle uh I'm very close with her and she uh gave me a technique um, of gratitude and basically she said for me to write down three things that I'm grateful for every day and those things um, you know I can focus on and and you know choose to be positive and that's really helped me along the way as well is uh, focusing on the positives that I have in my life rather than the negatives. Having that first triathlon in 2018 um, in St Kilda to aim for and then to be lining up on that start line must have been absolutely incredible. Can you remember like how you were feeling and that sensation of competing again? Yeah, I mean, I'd spent six months in hospital and as soon as I got out, I started, uh, I got myself a hand cycle and all the equipment that I needed and I got straight back into training and it was so hard building the strength up in my arms, but I think I had about a month training before St Kilda and St Kilda was the, was a race to qualify for the Com Games and, you know, that wasn't even in my head at that point. Like I just wanted to get through this paratriathlon. So I competed at St Kilda and I qualified for Com Games. Like I was so surprised and 
racing at Com Games, the Commonwealth Games, 11 months after my accident. You know, I definitely wasn't expected. And to represent my, my country on that start line, uh, it was mind-blowing. Like, it, it was a special moment, but, you know, I certainly when I was in that hospital bed didn't expect to be lining up at the Commonwealth Games in the, back into the sport that I loved. Family and, and Brad and so on, were they, I mean, they must have been so excited for you as well. Were they, was there a sense that they were trying to keep it low-key and sort of manage expectations? They were so excited, but as always, I love to win. So even racing 11 months after my accident and on that starting line, I was on that starting line with the goal to win. and. Um, so the expectations that I put on myself and the support of my family and Brad there, you know, um, is, was always pushing me towards the goals that I set, my, set for myself and the expectations I had for myself. So I always set the standards for myself pretty high and, um, yeah, I, lo- I love to reach them. But at the Com Games, I just had that little bit too too much inexperience, <laughs> um, but to get a bronze medal, uh, you know, was was very special. I mean, you were straight in there with some of the biggest races on the circuit and you'd only, like you said, this was barely 12 months after after the accident. Yeah, it started pretty quickly and, you know, soon after the Commonwealth Games, I was off racing internationally in the, in the World Series races and... I was on the podium in in all all the races that I went in, and uh, I got a few gold medals as well along the way. So a lot of learning, a lot of learning, and I'm still learning and improving. And the improvement improvement, especially in the racing chair, uh, has you know come out of sight. Like I'm so much better than I was in 2018. But I'm still learning and I'm still improving, which is really important and I'm working really hard at it. But just to build up that strength in my arms has been um, difficult. Like I've been working, I've worked so hard in in the gym and it's been hard the last few years, especially with um, the surgeries that I've had as well. Um, uh, Like in 2018, I raced at, the World Champs and five weeks before that event I was in hospital um, and I had an, an eight hour 40 uh, surgery because of the complication in my, with my spinal cord so I started losing feeling down my one of my arms and losing strength in my hand and I have I had to be rushed into surgery because I was two weeks away from becoming a quadriplegic so this was five weeks before the world championships that and I had the best preparation for the world champs and you know yet again I was put into hospital but I come out of that surgery and I was in in hospital for two weeks without training but I thought over that over the two-week period I thought well maybe I can still get on the start line at the world champs so I come out of hospital do a little bit of training and I was on that start line again uh, and I got a bronze medal at the World Champs in 2018. So uh, I've I've had to overcome a lot of surgeries and a lot of complications during the last three years. Um, but I, I could, 
couldn't be in a better place as where I am now. Uh, you know, winning the World Championships last year in 2019 was the most special moment after what I'd been through. Yeah, it was quite a special occasion all round Lausanne, wasn't it? The course was great. The crowds were amazing. I absolutely loved the course because it was, it was hilly and my strength was on the hills, on the black. My preparation for that event couldn't have been better. Like I improved out of sight on in the racing chair, in swimming, and my strength was the hand cycle. So I... I had that goal of obviously becoming world champion and when I was on the start line at world champs, I was just going for that gold medal. You know, I really believed that I could do it and I had that vision that I could do it and my race plan went perfectly. You know, to win by a few few minutes even was uh, quite surprising. It was a fantastic competition. Like all the girls that, do paratriathlon in my class were there so I was racing the best girls and to beat everyone by minutes was special and crossing that that finish line really brought back uh what it took to actually get there like what I'd been through over the last two and a half years having my accident and becoming world champion you know it was a very special moment for not only myself but for Brad my handler Dave Robertson my physio, Martin Boyd, and, you know, my sponsors, Brad. You know, it's a, a really special um, network and team that I've got, and I'm very grateful that, you know, I've got the amazing team. When you when you have the Para World Championships in among all the other world championships, is that like a bit of a bittersweet thing for you to see all the other athletes competing, or are you able to compartmentalise and just focus on what you need to do? It's always hard watching able-bodied racing, especially the the girls that I used to race. But I didn't I didn't let it get to me. I was um, focused on what I had to do. Uh, there's nothing I can I could I could change. I just had to focus on the things I could control, and that was my race plan, my preparation, and be able to watch the able-bodied athletes go around was really really inspired me and then that must have left you just itching to get going again this season Devonport obviously went great were you heading to Abu Dhabi uh no I was actually so I did my first two races of the year one in my hometown Newcastle which was the Oceania Champs and I won that event and then Devonport which I won that event as well and I was I really prepared myself physically and mentally uh for you know being successful in 2020 obviously with the Paralympics and I was actually going to a race in Sarasota in Florida in March and I was uh, really looking forward to uh, trying to defend my title at the world champs uh so I don't know yeah, everything's up in the air now. There's no races uh, on the schedule as yet. So all I can do is is keep training and preparing my body and to be race ready for when the races do come. Uh, I only did a PB the other day on the track in the racing chair by 45 seconds and that's a huge improvement. Uh, uh, so I couldn't be any fitter 
sort of bike could run. It's just the swimming that um, I have to work hard at to get back to where I was before COVID hit. But when I was over in Florida for Sarasota, I actually picked up a new race chair over there and it, it fits me a lot better than my, my previous racing chairs. And I feel a lot faster in it. And that's when I did the 45-second PB. It's so important to feel at one with your equipment, right? Definitely. And, you know, I got a new bike when I was a hand cycle when I was over there as well. Uh, I had all this planned to be able to get the new equipment for the Paralympics, basically, and have it, you know, it's those little things that make a huge difference. And I really wanted to get that edge and have nothing stop me from getting that gold medal at Paralympics, basically. I needed my equipment to fit me perfectly so I could uh, train the best I can and, you know, be the best prepared to be able to have success at the Paralympics. I'm actually really looking forward to those conditions. Um, but, yeah, it's a, it's a hard course uh, because it's, you know, mostly flat and that's, you know, it's harder to get away from the other athletes when it's a flat course. So, yeah, it'll, it'll be tough, but I'll be preparing super hard to be able to be successful there. And As an able-bodied athlete, I raced at Kona Ironman World Championships twice and, over there it's hot and humid and I just loved it. It really suited me. So I always knew that I was able to uh, cope with the heat really well. I could go on for, for days talking about the last three years and before my accident. <laughs> but um, like there's so much to think of. So much has happened, especially in the last three years in such a short amount of time. The next 12 months is going to be unbelievable yeah. too. And actually, actually I've chosen to give myself another challenge, giving it like having another year to prepare for the Olympics. I've, I'm now uh, trying to qualify for the Australian team for the hand cycling. Wow. So hopefully I'll have three events at the Paralympics. <laughs> the road race, the time trial and the triathlon. And how does that work out in terms of the, the calendar? Does that give you enough time between events? Yeah, for sure. So the, the triathlon is at the start of the program, which uh, is what I needed. I needed that to be at the start of the program for me to do hand cycling. And, yeah, the hand cycle races are a few days later, so it really works out well. Brilliant. And then beyond Tokyo, are you thinking that far? I mean, how far ahead do you tend to think? Well, I, I if I can, if my body still lets me, I... I want to go to Paris in 2024 and then the next Olympics in LA in 2028, 2028 if I can, but I'll be quite old then. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and obviously Commonwealth Games. But I found out only a few days ago that paratriathlon, my category, uh, the wheelchair category, won't be in, included in the Commonwealth Games in Birmingham, which is, uh, yeah, quite disappointing. And... And then I thought, you know, I can do hand cycling, but I found out that hand cycling isn't included either. My category in the in in the Commonwealth Games for Birmingham in 2022. So maybe I'll just have to try rowing or something. <laughs> <laughs> just see what, yeah, what tickles your your fancy. Um, it'd be nice to talk to you. All good. Thank you.